time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life. All right, let's pray together. If you have a Bible, open your Bible to Exodus chapter 33. Or open up your iPhone app or your iTouch YouTube. Not YouTube. Don't do that. Whatever you do, don't do that. Whatever you do, don't do that. I meant you version. And let's pray together, all right? Father, we love you. God, we love loving you. We love being your sons and your daughters. We are so thankful that we get to be your disciples today and now. This is not a mean mandate, but this is the highest privilege. And we ask, Holy Spirit, would you help us to live a supernatural life? God, we want to walk in your presence. We want to be your people. We love you. We honor you and all of DSM sitting, man. Amen. Amen. Uh, well, last weekend, so not this weekend, but the weekend before that, uh, we had here our, uh, our third annual Desperation Youth Leader Prayer Summit. And what that is, is youth pastors from across the country come here and, and, uh, and we, we just spend a couple days praying together. And so um, I didn't know exactly what to expect this year. This was our, our third year to do it. And uh, it's one of the passions that's in my heart is to pray with these other youth pastors from across the country. As you know, we have so many of them that have been connected to our Desperation Conference for the last 10 years. And so uh, we, we started to develop friendships over time because we were seeing each other year after year and, and connecting uh, just multiple ways, but mostly at the conference. And there we started sending emails, encourage each other about reaching the next generation and that kind of thing. Over time, then, we decided that we wanted to do something together, and so we began to just uh, come together and pray together. So they come here from all over. We had about 20 different states uh, represented, and we're going to continue to do that. Uh, The very first uh, weekend of May, uh, it's the National Day of Prayer weekend with youth pastors from across the country, but something unique happened this time, and it was just so precious that just as a DSM family, I wanted to communicate it to you because it was so powerful, but... uh, we, had our, our, we, we, we prayed together on Thursday night, and then we had prayer sessions all day Friday. And then we were going to have our concluding session on the last day on Saturday morning. And uh, we, we, had a, uh, we had a worship time, and Desperation Band led a worship time, and um, Nico had led worship as well. And then we, we, we concluded with uh, uh, Dick Eastman spoke, and Dick Eastman talked about how he led prayer in the 70s in his youth ministry. And Dick Eastman is the president of Every Home for Christ, and he, 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 he spoke out of Psalm, I just want to read it to you, he spoke, he spoke out of Psalm 126, um, and, and I'm just going to read this verse to you, but Psalm 126, 5, he, he spoke, those who sow in tears shall reap in joy, and he preached a whole sermon about those who sow in tears, or those who contend for the faith, and pray, and seek God, over years and years will reap in joy. And uh, I thought it was a great talk. I, I, to be honest with you, I was just, I was just thinking it kind of was a good talk. It wasn't, there wasn't a moment where I kind of had a, a powerful wow moment. I just thought it was really good. But at the conclusion of his talk, I went up to transition us. And uh, I went up and, and, and my aim and my goal was just to say, yeah, man, hey, guys, we, let me just read this verse again so it just gets in us and we can move forward and go to the next thing. And, but, and, I, and I walked up there. And uh, I tried to transition, but just the presence of the Lord 
was so strong, it just, it just, it hit me like a, like a ton of bricks. And what I mean by that is, I, I, I literally felt like I could barely, um, I could barely speak without, without just weeping. And he had just spoken about those who sow in tears will reap in joy. And, and I didn't know exactly what was going on, but I, the Holy Spirit alive inside of me, there was something going on that was so powerful that I, I really, uh, I, I was just, I, I mean, I, I couldn't even talk because I knew that I was going to weep. And so we, we, you know, I tried to pull myself together and tried to, tried to, was trying to close the, close the service and I just, I, I couldn't do it because I, I was just going to weep. And before I knew it, other youth pastors just began to weep, and we got on our knees together, and people began to weep, and youth pastors from Louisiana and, and Washington and California and different states from all over the country, we just began to weep. And, and the presence of the Lord was so powerful that it's really hard to explain. It was a moment where, um, we, where we sensed what the manifest presence of the Lord. In other words, all of us believe in the omnipresence of the Lord. And what that means is, is that God is everywhere, that the present, you know, God is, when we say God is omnipresent, we're saying that God is in all places. God is everywhere. But when we're talking about the presence of the Lord in a, in a unique way, what that means is, is that all, the Holy Spirit is inside of us. And though the presence of the even though God is everywhere, there are moments where we sense his presence in a supernatural way in a way that goes beyond logic, that goes beyond understanding. And this was one of those moments where it just felt like the presence of the Lord was so strong. And when you look throughout church history, there are encounter, encounters after encounters where people throughout church history have encountered the presence of the Lord in a powerful way. We read about it in Acts. So we read about it in the scriptures. I mean, we, we read about it over and over again. We can see it even in the people, uh, the, the Hebrew people as they leave Egypt and the Lord is with them and his presence is with them and God, symbolically that his presence is with them is that they literally have a fire by night and that's a way that God is with his people and so the fire by night leads them and there's a pillar of cloud by day that leads them and it's the, it's the presence of the Lord marking his people that his people are, 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 are different, they're set apart, they're his people and what makes them unique is him. It's, it's his presence that's on them. And, and, and we could just read all through the Old Testament and then we know that Jesus comes and Jesus actually, as he's walking on the earth, he calls people out to walk with him. We call them disciples, but they're people that are gonna be in his presence. They're mostly young men that are gonna walk with Jesus, be in his presence, and then uh, walk with him through his journey in life. He's crucified. He's, uh, he raises from the dead, he ascends into heaven, but he tells them that there's going to be another presence, that the Holy Spirit is going to come upon them. And so Jesus breathes on them in John 20, and he says, receive ye the Holy Spirit. And then we read about in Acts chapter 1, where, it, the, where Jesus says, you'll receive power and the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And the idea is, is that the presence of the Lord, the God, the Holy Spirit is going to infill you. He's going to be in you, and you're going to be people that carry the presence of the Lord. You're going you're to have the presence of God. And so now when we look throughout the last couple thousand years of church history, there's moments where we all, we all want to walk in the presence of the Lord. And so we want, the Holy Spirit is alive inside of us. And there are moments where the Holy Spirit is at work in such a way that there's no way to explain it other than it's just supernatural. It's just God is doing something. And of course, we all know that it's supernatural in and of itself, that there's a supernatural movement that the Holy Spirit would fill us. That's a supernatural thing. And we want to walk every day in the supernatural power of God. 
But there's, there's, I don't know if you've, if you've experienced this, but there's, there's moments where the Holy Spirit is so strong, where the presence of the Lord comes in. So the Holy Spirit's in me, and the Holy Spirit's in you, and the Holy Spirit is in Dallas, and the Holy Spirit's in Brendan, and the Holy Spirit is in each one of us. And when we come together, God's at work, and God does something, and, 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 and it's, it's something that's just supernatural. And I believe that last weekend that the Lord was doing something supernatural as, as, as grown men and women were weeping before the Lord and God was breaking their hearts for really two things, for a generation, breaking their hearts for prayer. And the presence of God just filled the place. We sing about it all the time. You know, we sing the, the song, um, here in your presence, all things are new. You know, we sing, a, we sing songs like it because we know sometimes it's hard to speak of because it's supernatural. It's, it's unique. We can't really put words to it. But sometimes when I'm talking to you guys and I'm standing right down here and you're telling me your story and I'm looking at you saying, I'd be happy to pray with you and you're weeping and you're saying, God's doing something inside of me and you don't have language to put on what's happening because it's something that's supernatural. The presence of the Lord is on you, is working in you, is working through you and God's transforming you and you're being renewed or you're being cleansed. But God God is at work within you and it's the presence of God is, is, is on you or the presence of God in you, transforming you. And it's, but it's a supernatural thing. It's supernatural presence of God. And I, I, I grew up singing songs and, and even hymns about this. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. We can feel his power. We can sense that he's here. And there's, when you look at what Christianity is, it's kind of a peculiar people or a mysterious people that are encountering God and there's a supernatural work of his presence on us. Supernatural power in us. And, and, and it's, it's God working through and in us. I, I really like the Matt Redman song that we sing about. You know, I don't know if you know the song, but it's a song that says, uh, let this be a holy moment now, something of heaven touch. You know that song? It's, a, it's this Matt Redmond song, and, and we sing about it, about like a holy moment, and, and it's hard to put words to it, but we all know it because we've experienced it. We know that, that God did something unique, that God was working. I can feel his presence. I hear that. We say that. We know that. We read about that. I mean, you can look just throughout history and you can find people that will try to explain a moment, just a moment, where God touched them and they try to put words to it. Where like, God be, like uh, there was a burning in their heart or, or suddenly their heart melted and, or, or, or tears flowed or sometimes people d- filled with joy. In fact, that's what it says in the Psalms. It says that there's joy in his presence. I've seen people where they, they experience the presence of God and all they can do is laugh. Because there's just great delight and God's setting them free. Or maybe they're experiencing him as a father and they didn't have a father and God's stepping in and, and he's, he is being their father and they're sensing his love for them and, and it's, it's the presence of the Lord and it's just true internal inexpressible joy going on on the inside. But the reality is, is that uh, God touches his people. God likes to uh, fill his people. And if you've said yes to the finished work of Jesus on the cross and you've said, okay, I'm a Christian and that means little Christ. I'm gonna be a Christ follower. I'm gonna give him my life. I've, I've decided to follow him. One of the great joys, one of the hidden delights, one of the things that's like feasting at his table, one of the privileges and the thrills is that we get to be people that encounter, experience, connect with his presence. 
And it's one of the, mo- the greatest privileges of the Christian journey. And yet, so often, if we're honest, we don't want to say this, but we know that it's true. It, it's easy for us to know that kind of in our brain. We know that to be true, but, but we are devoid of it in our experience. So maybe we've had one encounter, and because we've had one encounter with the, with the presence of the Lord, you know, that's kind of enough for us, and we become content without more of it. And so it's very easy for us to live, now in our culture where we, and I know you don't like it when I say this because it's hard to hear this, but in our culture where it's, it's kind of, it's, 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 uh, we don't face the trials and tribulations of persecution, and to go to church and do the church thing is kind of acceptable in our culture, and, and so we kind of, kind of, it's easy for us to become content in a culture where we have three square meals a day and we have cars and you know, iPhones and iTouches and we've got our stuff and our jeans and just, we, got, we, we kind of are living the good life, you know. It, it, like, it's easy for us to not long for his presence or be desperate for his presence or contend for his presence or put ourselves in a position to encounter his presence over and over again. But when you look at people that have struggled, that are being persecuted, people that don't have much, maybe people that don't have kind of the superfluous blessings of great degree of food or a great degree of security or, a great, or, or clothing, there is a, 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 a living, the diet that they live on is, I just need Jesus. I just want Jesus and I just want his presence and I just love and need and desire his presence and I don't know when I talk about the presence of the Lord, I don't know what your experience is. I don't know, you know, all that you're living in. Or maybe when I talk about experiencing God like that, some of you are thinking about specific moments and you resonate and you get excited. And there's others of you that think it's crazy. You're like, I've never, I've never in a tangible way felt like I experienced God. But one of the distinct markers of God's people, one of the things that, that God wants to do, that God loves to do, that when we, when we read just through the scripture is God interacts with his people and his people get to live in his presence. His people get to encounter him. And yes, we have the Holy Spirit alive inside of us and there's, there's moments where we walk through that and we're fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit but there's also these moments where it's just so, it's, it's more than we could ever fathom where God just touches us and it's a special, unique work of the Holy Spirit where God, where we just sense and know and walk in his presence. And of course, we want to walk in his presence all the time. But I'm talking about that plus more. I'm talking about moments where we have power encounters with God. Just a, po- a living power and a, a moment. You just saw the Desperation Conference video and, 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 and one of the reasons why in my journey, I've, I've diligently worked on having this conference now for the 10th year is that... Um, I've had little mile markers, little moments in my own life where I sense the presence of God in such a strong way that, that in that moment, God did something inside of me and I can, I can look back at it and I can remember it and it was powerful. And, I'm, and, and, and my hope is, is that you tonight and in future weeks, you will experience, encounter, have a living encounter with God. I remember when I was nine, I remember having a moment with the Lord at an altar where I was just giving my life to God and I just wept and wept and wept. But it's a moment that I remember. It's a moment that was powerful for me. 
I remember, I, I remember as a junior high student having a moment where I, where I realized God's affection for me was the most powerful form of identity. It was the, most, it was the strongest thing. And the, that moment for me was a moment where I encountered his love in a way that even if I didn't feel accepted by others, I remember having a moment as a 13-year-old 13 or, 13 or so where I just I felt like God really loved me. And it was a powerful moment that still affects me to this day. I, 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 remember, um, I remember being 19 and I was preaching at a church in Iowa and I had a moment where I looked out and I was speaking to, speaking to teenagers and, 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 and I had a moment where I felt like the Lord just broke me for a generation. I just, I just felt like God was doing something inside of me that was gonna give me the strength to do ministry. And ministry doesn't, you know, get paid a lot. Ministry's kind of, I thought, I didn't know, but my God, God broke my heart for a generation. And I remember that moment. I remember it had red carpet. I don't remember what city, but it was Iowa. I mean, I rem- but I remember that moment. I've got lots of different moments in leading furnished prayer meetings on the front row of the World Prayer Center between, from 2001 to 2005, 2007, 2009. And there's these moments where it was just like in a moment, God did something in me. And I know some of you hear this and you think, hey, well, I don't know that, you know, we want to be experiential. We don't want to find, define our Christianity or our walk with Jesus just by experience. And, and I want to I push back and I want to say to you that there is something delightful in experiencing a moment where you experience the presence of God in a powerful way. And, and, and you can look, even in a biblical model, you can look at people that were on their way to persecute Christians and boom, God appears to Saul and something changes and he converts his life to Jesus and in a moment, God does something. You can look at Peter and in, in a moment when the rooster crows and Jesus looks right at him and he feels something and he weeps bitterly. We read about it in Luke. Where was a moment where God does something. You can read about it in Acts 2 where suddenly they're filled with the Holy Spirit and they speak in other tongues and there's just a moment where God works and the Holy Spirit in a moment does something. They're transformed, they encounter him. You can look at anybody who's experiencing a healing from the hands of Jesus and in a moment their body is physically changed or a salvation moment or a moment, or a moment where Jesus shows you something in your life that doesn't look like him and you weep and you want to be transformed. And in a moment, it just God works and you sense his presence. And I got to be honest with you, one of my great passions for DSM is that we would be a people that are marked by his presence. That, that Wednesday nights would not just kind of be a night where we gather together and we sing a song and you know, we get a little bit of Bible and then we go on our way to our high schools, but where we kind of arrive with some anticipation and, and hope that, 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 that God's gonna touch us. That we arrive and, 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 and maybe worship's gonna go long and maybe it's gonna go till midnight and maybe it's gonna be a great night and David doesn't even preach, you know, and maybe, maybe there's gonna be moments where 
where where you encounter God. Maybe there's going to be moments where something spontaneous happens. Maybe, Maybe in just the duration of doing what we normally do, God breaks in and And I don't have language for the specifics of it because it's not a method. It's just a, God, we want week after week for this to be a place. One of the core pillars, one of the core ideas, one of the core expectations is that we arrive here. And we could say we feel like we've met with God. That when we leave here, we say, surely the presence of the Lord was in that place. Surely, as I gathered together with other people, and Nico is filled with the Holy Spirit, and Aubrey's filled with the Holy Spirit, and Renata is filled with the Holy Spirit, and, 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 and each one of you, you're filled with the Holy Spirit, and we all come together, and Lawrence is filled with the Holy Spirit, and Hannah's filled with the Holy Spirit, and we all kind of unite together, and we all kind of hang out together, that the Holy Spirit is alive inside of you, Holy Spirit's alive inside of me, and all of us together, and all of us together, there's a moment where we go, wow, when the saints gather, the young saints gather Surely the presence of God was there. Surely, surely we encountered God. I just want to read this verse for you. It's Exodus chapter 33. I described it a moment ago, but it's, it's the Hebrew people and God has delivered them from Egypt and they are on their journey 40 years in the desert hoping to arrive at the promised land. And God talks with Moses and there's great dialogue up through verse 11. You don't have time for it tonight. I just want to highlight this one verse. Verse 12, Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name and you have found favor with me. And if you're pleased with me, teach me your way so I may, rem- so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. And how will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? And what else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. So Moses has having a conversation with God, which is pretty cool just to begin with. Moses says, we got a journey ahead of us. You've taken care of us. You've led us. You've fed us bread from heaven, water from a rock, a light by night called fire. You've led us through the day. You've led us through the Red Sea. You've taken care of us. Your presence has been on us. You commune with me, the leader, Moses. He says, but if I'm going to continue, if I'm going to move forward, if I'm going to move forward and trying to lead these people into the promised land, there's one thing that I need. More than anything, what I need is I need your presence because if your presence doesn't mark us, what do we got? What, what makes us a different people? What makes us any different from any other tribe or any other people group? There's one thing that changes us and it's you. You're the one that makes us unique. You're the, one that, you're the one that actually puts your imprint upon us. And you're the one that takes care of us. And you're the one that marks us. And we're your people and you're our God. And so if you're our God and we're your people, then please let your presence be with us. Because if you're our God and we're your people, but we're not experiencing you. And your presence is on us and in us. We're host. We need you. And I, I got to be honest with you, I think sometimes it's easy for us to do church life 
and to just do this, just do the Christian journey, say the little prayer to Jesus, you'll be okay, memorize a couple verses, have the Christian t-shirt, go to conference and retreat, and the presence of the Lord doesn't mark you or doesn't mark me, and we're okay with it. But what would happen if we just said we're not okay with that? No, when we gather here and we sing these songs and we sing, oh, well, you, you won't relent until you have it all. We're saying, God, I want you to have it all. God, I want you to have all of me and I want all of you. I want everything that you have for me. I want the fullness of your presence. I want the fullness of your power. Yes, I want the indwelling work of the Holy Spirit. And I want as many encounters, God moments as I can possibly have. I hear people say all the time, well, I don't just want another spiritual high. And I hate that. I look at them and I say, I do. I want as many as possible. I want a spiritual high today. I want a spiritual high tomorrow. I wanted a spiritual high when I was 16 and I want it when I'm 66. I want as many spiritual highs as possible. And you say, well, that's not realistic. Shut up. (laughs) Don't tell me that. Tell... Tell Billy Graham, who's been leading people unto his, to Christ unto his deathbed. Tell Oral Roberts, who's been seeing healings unto his deathbed. Say that to many. Absolutely, I understand there's good days and bad days. But I can tell you this. There are men and women that have walked in the presence of God and experienced God to a greater degree because they believed that if they, if they pursued God, if they drew near to him, If they put their heart in a position to receive from the Holy Spirit as much as possible, they receive more from the Holy Spirit. James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. If you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. This is kind of weird, but who draws near? You do. (laughs) Well, David, I just want to kind of do my life. And if God wants to ever intervene, lean over the balcony of heaven, zap me. Go ahead. But but as for now, I'm just going to live my life. You will not experience the presence of God the way that the person who says, I want to draw near to him every day. I want to put myself in a position to receive from God, whatever that looks like. Spending time with him. Getting along with Jesus daily. Here I am, God. It's me. How you doing? Sup, G? It's your favorite dude, David. Yeah, I know. I know. I was here yesterday. Yeah, I'm here again. It increases my percentages, my chances. Open up the scriptures. If you open up the scriptures and say, Holy Spirit, speak to me, there's a greater chance that you will encounter the presence of the Lord in a powerful way than if you don't open up the scriptures. We have a prayer meeting here every Tuesday at 4 p.m. If you come to that prayer meeting, there's a greater chance you'll experience the power of the Holy Spirit than if you're playing yet another round of Wii. At home, Supercart, Mario, again, you've had it for years. It's just a rerun. If you come to the prayer meeting and gather together with other young saints, there's a greater chance you will experience the presence of God. One of my greatest encounters with God was when I was 18 years old at a youth conference. I hadn't been to youth conferences like that youth conference. I'd been to Christian gatherings where we popped balloons with our butts and ate pizza. But I went to a youth conference when I was 18 where there were kids that were so in love with God that when the worship was supposed to be over, kids stayed and prayed. 
I went to a youth conference and I saw hunger for God like I'd never seen among teenagers. And I remember God touching me. I remember just, I remember just going down and singing songs. I didn't know the songs. I wasn't a part of that church world. I was a part of a different church world, and we sang different songs. But I remember singing these songs and weeping and just going, God, God, you are, you are all these things. You're awesome. And experiencing God in worship. I got a little bracelet. It was purple for joining the conference. Sound familiar? I, didn't, I, 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 I literally wore that bracelet for nine months. I mean, it looked nasty. It was disgusting. But, I, but I, didn't, I didn't want to forget. I didn't want to forget the event because at the event, there's nothing powerful about the event in itself, but the event created an environment where I encountered God in a supernatural way. And I loved that moment. It changed me. And we, we're going we're gonna to do these events for years. Yeah, we're going to keep doing retreats and we're going to keep doing Wednesday nights and we're going to keep having prayer meetings. Why? Because we are desperate for his presence. Because we want to take our cold heart that's so prone to lukewarm Christian, lukewarm Christianity in America. That's not really Christianity. And we're so comfortable, we're so used to it. But deep embedded in your leaders and in so many of you is a longing to not do the church gig, but to be people that are marked by his presence, to be an authentic, authentic people that the Holy Spirit is alive inside of us. We have multiple moments that we can look back to where we say, that was a moment I encountered God. As dramatic as healings and as mundane as weeping over a psalm. Going, God, thank you. Thank you. As thrilling as the moments where hundreds get saved and the moment where you just see your sin and you confess it to God and you say, may it never be. But it's in his presence that you're transformed. It's in his presence that we look different than the rest of the world. It's his presence that we love. It's his presence that we're addicted to. That's what we want. A.W. Tozer in his book, Revivals Are Born After Midnight, says you can have as much of the presence of God as you want. You decide. Because if we've been given the invitation to draw near to God, we decide how close we're going to draw near to him. What would happen if we, as DSM, what if we had a culture, a prayer culture and a presence culture? Or when we left week after week, there were just moments where we go, God was at work. I'm great with you seeing your friends and, you know, we got you know, cool hangout factor and we have some, you know, British lady that says in two minutes, I'm thankful with all that stuff, it's fine. It's kind of fun. But more than anything, it's not so much that we talk about, you know, even seeing our friends, but it's that I encountered God. I can't do it for you. Nico can't do it for you. 
you will decide. And if you draw near, he will be found by you. If you draw near, God, God, I want your presence. And I challenge you, fight, fight to put yourself in a position to receive and to be in his presence as much as possible. Studying the word, joining joining the, the, the summer discipleship programs, man time and girl time, going to the conferences, spending the prayer meetings at your campus, opening up the word of God, reading classic books about Jesus, whatever it is, having, connecting with other believers, but just put yourself in the position over and over and over and over again. You'll watch. You'll become what Tozer calls addicted to his presence, but you just can't get enough. Sometimes people make fun of people that can't get enough of Jesus. And it's, it's cynical. But really, it's, if, if you look at what we're supposed to be, if you look at the model of what Christ has called us to be, it's not to say, yeah, let me, because, because my friends are cynical or because my parents make fun of me, I'm gonna water down my pursuit of God. And I'm gonna be a cultural Christian that does what's convenient. Puke. No, forget that. No, there's so much to be had by those who come over and over and over again. And I'm not saying that every moment, I'm not saying that every quiet time, every prayer meeting, every conference, every church service, I'm not saying that you have some power encounter. But I can promise you this. I can promise you that if you will do it more, if you'll put your heart in a position to receive from God more, you will encounter him more. And when encountering Jesus becomes a part of your experience, you just become pretty bold about who he is. Just look at the disciples. Mm. It's kind of easier, easier to go die for the gospel when you saw him turn water into wine, when you saw him heal the sick, when you heard him preach the Sermon on the Mount, when he looked at you and told you what to do. And if it's your experience where you've seen miracles, where you go back with Dallas in the prayer room afterwards and you get prayed for and you see a miracle. And it's your experience where God has transformed your stony, hard, rock-like heart into a heart of flesh and you've wept in his presence and he's touched you and he's transformed you. Then it's not just a theory. You can say with the best, this is my story. This is my song. This is my story. This is what Jesus has done for me and nobody can take it away from me. No philosopher no evolutionist, no one can move me. This is my story. This is what the Holy Spirit has done inside of me. I have encountered his presence. And in his presence, I am transformed. I'm changed. There's joy. There's life. There's encounter. And that is worth giving our lives for. Amen? Amen. Let's stand together. Nico, will you come on up here? I just want us just to take a minute. I love you guys. I'm so proud of you. I loved last week. I, I loved last week. I don't know if I could love this week anymore. But I want us just to take a moment. And I just want us just to get in the presence of God. There's some of you that that means Bible open, you know. Dallas, that probably means he's going to be walking around looking for someone to pray for and spit upon as he prays for you to be healed. You know? For Nico, it's going to be at the piano. 
right? For some of you, it's gonna bow your knee right here on these stairs. Some of you wanna turn and bow. Some of you wanna come stand up here and just lock eyes with God. Some of you wanna come up here, you wanna kneel before God. Some of you wanna open up your Bibles. But I want us just to take one song and just you and Jesus, nobody else, just say, God, I want your presence. I want to be marked by your presence. I want the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, and I want to experience and encounter God as much as possible. So as I pray, I want to invite you to just disperse all over the room. Go where you're comfortable. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we come before you. Disciples, Spirit-filled disciples. God, we don't feel like we're addicted to your presence, but we want to be. We so desperately want to be people that know our God and walk with our God. God, I don't want to go through the motions. pray even the way that you touched us as youth pastors a couple weeks ago. God, I pray for, for moments like that where we just weep. Inexpressible things that it's hard to explain in terms of logic. presence were transformed, in your presence were healed, in your presence were renewed. God, we want to be changed, we want to be transformed, we want to be a people that look like you. We want to be empowered that we can reach our friends. We want the word of God alive in our hearts, we want a song in our hearts. We want to sing hymns and songs and spiritual songs. We want to be filled, completely filled with the Holy Spirit. Come, Lord Jesus. Touch your people here. God, I pray that you would touch the future lawyers and doctors, the moms and the dads, the politicians and the preachers, the philanthropists, all of them. Let them encounter God from the days of their youth. 15-year-olds that are addicted to the presence of God. Holy Spirit, fill us with praise. Holy Spirit, touch people. And over time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did. Because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life.